This is Jerry Bites. Welcome back. My name is Davis. I'm an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. We're here to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Don't forget, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at StellarGRE.com and use the code BITES for 10% off all memberships. Okay, so I am... I've taken the GRE, maybe I've already done the tutoring program. I'm great, but uh, I've, I've got my target uh, applications that I'm sending out, but I'm a little nervous and I'm worried about one thing, which is on the application, you know, you have to supply, I have to supply my undergraduate GPA uh, and I'm not so happy about that. So what are my options? What can I do? Talk to me. Yeah, I have a lot of students come to me with this very issue. Interestingly, they don't usually do it in the order that you just described. Oftentimes, when students are concerned about their undergrad GPA, they come to me and say, I have to really make a good showing on the GRE because I need to compensate for my low GPA. And at this point, I have to share some disappointing news with these students because there is no way that a performance on a four-hour test, soon to be a two-hour test, can undo the sins of academic past. You know, four years is a long time, and that is a quantifiable metric that is sort of averaged out over many different classes over a long time point. So it's actually a, a pretty reliable data point, whereas the GRE is more of like a point performance in time. So no grad school admissions will weigh those two things equally. They absolutely will weigh the undergrad GPA more heavily. And these are, to my mind, like the two only quantifiable objective metrics on your grad school application, which is why admissions people love them because they can they can reject otherwise qualified applicants without getting sued because they can hide behind these numbers because they're one of the few remaining aspects of an application that isn't subjective or based on demographics. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So you're, I'm reminded of other things we've talked about earlier in the podcast, and you're right that the order of operations is best served, uh, best serves a person when they when they're looking at their potential places they want to go. Is it true that, for example, you've recommended to look at the median score of the GRE in successful applicants of whatever program you're looking at? Is that kind of data available also and a good good, um, waypoint for, you know, to determine whether I could even apply to a place if I have a a GPA that's lower than, say, the median average of people who are successfully accepted before? Yeah. So programs will also generally publish their median GPAs along with that GRE data. And that's something to keep in mind. You obviously can apply, but the more that your GPA deviates negatively from that median, the more you're fighting an uphill battle here. There's a few things that you can do. Personally, I never, ever, ever thought that I would go back to school after I graduated with my bachelor's of fine arts degree in drama all those many years ago. I, and I didn't, let's say, take undergraduate school all that seriously either. So I didn't have an abysmal GPA, but I, I didn't put as much effort into that course of studies as I subsequently did when I went to grad school. 
So it was on the lower side. I think I had like a 3.4, 3.4. So um, with very little background in psychology, I took one introductory to psychology class and got a B minus in it. So I did not have a very good academic pedigree with respect to a graduate study of psychology. So there's a few things that um, folks can do. One of them is it's possible to take classes in university continuing education departments. A lot of major universities have a college or a department specifically devoted to adult learners. And these are, um, these are legitimate classes. You will enroll and you will get a GP, you will get a grade and that can be factored into your undergraduate DP, GPA to kind of increase your average over time. So if you spent a year taking eight classes at this level and you ace them all, you can dramatically improve your undergraduate GPA and potentially get rid of a number of prerequisite classes that may be required if you didn't major in the field that you subsequently want to study in. No, that's a, re- that's a really helpful, useful hack. I hope everyone was uh, paying attention to that. Just I've something I've taken advantage of before as well is continuing ed uh, and and studying what you want. Yes, it's not going towards a degree, but if you're set on graduate school or if you're just interested in the material in general, it's a great option. And as noted by Orion, it can positively offset your GPA. Now, is the GRE, for example, you mentioned in your case, uh, going in, you know, going into a, a psychology grad program, having taken very little psychology classes previously. Now, that level of granularity in in your transcript is the GPA a reference for ad, admissions people to look at your transcript and say, oh, he only had a three point four, but let's see what it was with with relation to you know the relevant f- material. Some applications split up the GPA. They say, here's my GPA overall, and here's the GPA relative to my major. Some, some applications do that. And if they don't, you can always include an explanatory note with your application. This is something that I also encourage people to do. Well, um, you can write a brief note, probably not more than a paragraph, explaining, explaining your GPA. Um, you can you can parse it out in different ways. Like maybe you aced your in-major classes and you want to point that out, but you didn't really put a lot of effort into some of these other ones. And so that lowered your overall GPA. If that parsing isn't provided in the application, you can do it for them. And potentially, maybe you also have a legitimate reason why your GPA suffered. Um, so the idea here is to provide an explanatory note. This is something like serious illness, um, maybe a family loss, uh, something that most people would consider to be an extenuating circumstance. And in this case, you would write a paragraph and say something like, hey, I recognize that my GPA isn't as stellar as it might be. Here's the reason why. In the next sentence, you talk about why that is no longer applicable to you because time has passed or you've taken remediation to solve the problem. And then you express your hope that you can demonstrate um, your excellence at this program in the future. So you don't want to protest too much and you don't want to um, uh, sweep it under the rug either. One more thing I, I will say. Uh, 
when I mentioned the continuing education, you were actually very um, generous because when someone presented that option to me, I thought, you mean I have to go back to school before I can go back to school? There's no way I'm doing that. So it's a path that some people can take, but me, I wasn't prepared to do that. There's another thing that you could potentially do. For example, many of the most of the programs I applied to had six or seven psychology prerequisite courses. I had taken none of them. So, however, they also had this loophole that if I scored above a certain point on the psychology GRE subject test, I could get out of all seven of those prerequisite courses, basically saving me a year of time and tuition. So I spent a month or two preparing for the psych GRE subject test, got the score that I needed, and basically scored out of all of those prereqs. And that also helped me to make my um, application more compelling. A lot of people don't even know that there are GRE subject tests. There are in maybe like eight fields. And that can both get you out of prerequisites at a number of programs and make your applications more compelling, especially if you don't have a major in the field or your GPA isn't so hot. That is some great information, Orion. Thanks for sharing. Uh, that's all we have time for today, but that sounds like grounds for a future episode. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode of GRE Bites. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss, please let us know at stellargre at gmail.com. And if you're ready to take your prep to the next level, check out our top-rated GRE self-study programs at stellargre.com and use the code Bites for 10% off. Thank you.